not easy. No, especially when you don't know what the heck you're doing. Welcome to this week's episode of Hey Homegirl. Hey Homegirls, on today's episode, I am so excited to share Jessica Provencer with all of you. Jessica has been a powerhouse agent in New Hampshire for almost a decade. You will be hard pressed to find an agent more focused on personal development than Jess. She has a strong passion for resiliency and mindset. Today, she is going to share some of the secrets on how she got recognized as one of New Hampshire's top social media influencers in real estate, along with how she keeps that amazing smile on her face on even the craziest of days. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Hey Homegirl. I'm so excited because I feel like Jessica is my homegirl bestie. Her and I connected about a year ago because we do work at the same brokerage, but she just is the most amazing energy person Aww. that I think I've ever met. And I'm excited to have her with us today because she has a really inspirational story and she has all of the best mindset tools out there to kind of help make sure that she wakes up every day, even though she's unemployed and gets out there and grind, you know? And so you've been built your career really, really quickly. I did. Yes. I always joke. It took me 36 years to find my career and only nine months make it happen. That's so awesome. So you had had pre a previous career prior to getting into real estate. You've been licensed since about 2017, correct? Yes. My background was social work and I got licensed in December of 17. Yeah. And what pulled you into real estate? Well, I always have been really interested in real estate. My grandfather was a builder. My mom's never lived in a house that wasn't new control. My in-laws have built their wealth on on homes. And so it always had just been something I was super interested in. Um, But honestly, I was a super overachiever as a high school student, really thought I needed a degree and, you know, all this stuff and didn't really consider it as a real career until I had my children. And then I was broke. So... (laughs) It wasn't something I could do. So at this point in my life in 2017, I had gone through a lot of growth and a lot of adjustment. I was doing a job at a really great culture fit, but the job itself, I could do it 20 hours a week blindfolded. And at that point, my kids were getting to an age where my job was impacting my ability to be present for them with activities and such. And that's fine. But I felt like it's not fine when I'm doing something that doesn't feel super fulfilling. And so so yes, long story short, I'm thinking about real estate again. My husband and I went to this beautiful local restaurant. We spent two and a half hours drinking, eating, and talking about how we were going to make it work. And and that's what I did. Yeah. So just a little bit of backstory on you. Your husband has kind of a crazy job. He's working in the airline industry, correct? Yes. He's an air traffic controller. So yeah. he works overnights and weekends and train shifts. So it, it, when the kids were little, it really fell on me to get them places, do things. And that is the story that we in this industry hear over and over and over again. You know, we have so many new moms, young moms, older moms, or women that are just juggling it all, whether they're taking care of their parents or another loved one that get into our our industry to have this flexibility, but you really grasp that. And in a short amount of time, you were able to take it and turn it into something just so unbelievably magical, which I'm so inspired by. Yeah, it was, you know, part of it is being goal driven. I wanted to 
be there for my kids. And I just really felt like I was meant to be contributing in a bigger way. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty committed, but I did both jobs. The agreement we came up to, my husband and I was, I was going to do both jobs for 12 months. And if I could make $45,000 in real estate, I could quit my full-time job. And that's all I was making. My full-time job, I was not making things. And so I got licensed in December. I started training in January, was working with clients by March and had my first closing in April. I quit my job May 7th. I had three closings in April. And you're like, that's um, it. Well, actually it was my husband. He looked at me and he said, uh, you cannot sustain this and you're going to do it. And I was like, are you crazy? And he looked at me and he said, what's going to happen? He's like, we're not going to lose the house. We're not going to, you know, go for it. And I did. And I was on a team. I was on a 50-50 split for everything, whether it was my lead or their lead. And I ended the year with 75000 in GCI. So I du- basically doubled my income in from April to December. Yeah, it wasn't even a full year. You were able to do no. that, you know? And I think that's the story that women really need to hear that when you are doing it, when you come into this industry and you're doing it from a place of empowering yourself, but also giving back to the people that you love the most, it's a limitless potential. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I hear a lot, well, you had your husband. Let's be very clear. We needed my income. Like we, we weren't, we weren't paying all our bills on my husband. Like we a hundred percent needed my money. And, you know, I'm very fortunate. There are some automatic things. One, I live and work where I grew up and my husband's my high school sweetheart. So it's where he grew up. And we were both really good, high achieving kids. And our kids were in the school. Like my community sphere is very strong and large. And where I was working was a college. So lots of 20 something year olds, like looking for their first, you know, so my sphere was huge in getting me off the ground. And I worked every day to really make it happen. But what can happen is incredible. What were a couple of things those first couple of years other than working your sphere that really helped you gain the amount of success you had in such a short amount of time? Well, I will say that I was getting some leads from the team the first year. So in that first nine months, I did 23 transactions. 11 of them were my Mm -hmm. personal that I created. And then 12 of them were paid leads from the office or open houses. Mm -hmm. So I know there's a lot of talk about paid leads. I am not opposed to them to start. I will tell you that many of those have now over the course of six years done referrals, but you need to take each one of those leads and work them. Like I have a very detailed follow-up. We have a a yearly gifting program. Like my clients still know me six years later. I'm never afraid that that is not happening. I totally immersed myself in learning everything I can. So every book, every podcast, every free minute was learning about the industry, meeting with people I already knew in the industry, like networking and, and getting my name out there. And then the last thing is finding someone to coach you. And in my experience, my brokers were great at teaching us, but not super interested after that. And so I went and got a coach and people talk about the expense of that. And they just think it's worth it. Like you, I don't know anyone that doesn't have a coach, any sports team or business owner or anyone that's really being successful has some type of coach. And so I had education, did that right away. And for you leaning into that coach or leaning into that coaching system, it wasn't so much about really working your transactions, right? It was really about developing you as the entrepreneur that you needed to be. 100%. So it really had nothing to do with like, how do I do a transaction or how do I negotiate a deal or those? It was more about how do I look at this as a long-term business? How do I look at 
get years, not year, you know, like how do I, what's the next step and, and what do I need to leverage and who do I need to hire next or what do I need to outsource and dreaming bigger and surrounding myself with a community of people that were, you know, that's kind of our catchphrase, which is dream big. It's like, you have to see it in your mind before you go after it. And you, you know, need this- to be around people that are going to push you to dream bigger, you 100%. know, to level your career up to where you wanted it. You know, we were kind of chatting about that before we jumped on the call together. And it's like, when we're in small town, New England, you kind of pigeonhole yourself into one kind of thing, you know, but being female entrepreneurs, we've really learned and been able to grow with the way that times have kind of shifted to be able to think bigger than we ever could before. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think the woman piece has always been huge for me. When I was in college, I was asked to speak at a women's event. And I remember that my whole speech was about, and I I think you can relate, we're that first generation that was told we could do it all, right? So our moms are either were moms or they had a career. There wasn't very many that were doing both, right? You're all telling me that I can do both things. I can, not just a job, a career, And I can be this incredible mom that makes the birthday cakes from scratch and, you know, all all this stuff. And yet, I don't see anyone doing this. How how do I do this? And I think that for me, that's been a part of my journey is like letting go of, no, let's be honest, my husband's much better at making those birthday cakes than I am. And just letting go of that and not taking it on as a failure. And then recognizing I am the one who's super passionate about growing a brand and a career and further. My husband's perfectly happy doing his very challenging job and then getting off work and coming home, right? I never come off work. So just kind of owning who you are. And I remember getting up there and saying, and being at peace with that and being like, and that's good enough, right? Like, and I'm great just the way I am and is important. And that lesson that you're sharing with your kids as they're watching you on this journey is probably one of the most impactful lessons they're ever going to have in their life yeah I hope so Yeah. Well, I, mean, I know so. Teenagers, you know, you wonder, like, yeah. are they getting any of this? <laughs> no, they totally are. Because I've got three in college and they've all come back home and been like, mom, we can't believe how hard you worked. But thank you for showing us that. And then the other piece of that is too, is they're seeing you impact your community. They're seeing you give to your community. And that's something that you and I kind of also touched on before we started the show today was we get to do something on a daily basis that really makes a difference for the places that we live. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We're not quite finished yet, but as the home girl of your hometown, I would love to pass the mic to you so that you can share your story and some of your secrets with the homegirl community. To apply, please go to howtobeahomegirl.com in the show notes. Yeah, I think that is so important. And I always think of that as like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like, right, you have your basic safety, health, you know, whatever. But the biggest piece is like, how am I impacting others? What legacy am I leaving? And I don't know about you, but over the past 10 years, you know, the news can be pretty discouraging. And we don't even watch it. Yeah, we don't even watch it. Exactly. Um, And the truth is, is that we impact my husband, air traffic controller, he always says you work from your runway out. So right, I need to take care of me, then him, then the kids, then da da da. And when we see the news, and we see these things going on, and these social injustices, it can be so discouraging, because you think, how can I make an impact? But I feel like I make an impact every day, I make an impact on 
on, you know, single moms trying to change the future for their kids. I'm very focused on minorities and like, how can we get them into home ownership? Because it, it's generational wealth. That's what makes the difference. Those are the small steps I can take in my community that improve the situation for minimized groups. And if I can educate, help people believe about what's possible, there's certainly people in, in my community that don't think homeownership is even in the cards for them. Ever. Right? Like that wasn't my experience. I just assumed I was going to have my dream house. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. But if you never have, if you've been raised moving from rental to rental, that maybe seems completely unreasonable. And if I can get in front of them and say, no, there's a path here for you. We can do this. We can do that. There's this option. Making substantial impact, kind of like the starfish story. For that person, it made a difference. And hopefully over time, it makes a bigger difference. And compounded, it's making a huge difference for the state of New Hampshire and for your small communities that you serve. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. My little state. So one of the things I love about watching your business is how you are putting yourself out there on all the social media media platforms. (laughs) No, you do such a great job. You do such a great job. And you, the value that you bring to that is you bring um, learn from me content. It's not always look at me content. Like sometimes it's fun because you have such a great, big, bright personality, but it's definitely learn from me content, which I think is so also impactful for your community. Was it hard to get started? It's so funny. So I will tell you, I am not afraid to be seen. So I did a lot of theater growing up, a lot of singing, dancing, being on stage. I don't mind if people look at me. I also, for some reason, I think for women, it's harder to get on camera than for men. Because it's like, what is it? Men don't really have bad hair days. Like, oh, like I air dried my hair today, right? Or, but yes, the other day I had it in a ponytail, greasy. I'm like, oh. I don't want to be on camera. Men don't really have that. They're going to kind of go on camera, whatever. That's so true. They don't care about these little wispies that are all over there. Yeah, exactly. And I think I just know. I'm just like, tell myself, my clients know what I look like. Right. Like I, my clients know I'm going to get there at eight o'clock at night at six o'clock in the morning. They've seen me, most of them without makeup, with my hair pulled back. So like, I'm not, I'm not kidding anyone, you know, so why not just do it? Also, you know, I really like to talk and I have a lot to say. So if more people can hear me say it, I'm all about it. I will tell you, my mother does not watch any of my stuff. Really? No, she doesn't. I, I don't know if I embarrass her or whatever. She just, she can't watch it. I don't know. That might make you kind of lucky because my mom does watch everything that I put out and then she comments on it. And then she friend requests the other people that comment on it and wants to have like her own community. And I'm not all right with that in any way. But so yeah, I don't, I don't, I've never really had a hard time. I mean, I've struggled with like wanting it to look more professional or wanting it to, to pay. But honestly, I've come to believe that like the more real it is, the more authentic it is. For a while, I kept teasing my family that I was going to be TikTok famous. You never um, know. You still got plenty of time to do that. Uh, do you think? I kind of given up on the deal. I feel like I'm not going to like explode, right? The social media is an opportunity for me to get more in front of my community. So people that already kind of know me, hopefully they like me. It's more of a way to do that than to really generate new people. It's also a great tool for me, like when I do meet someone new to be like, hey, listen, check me out on my social channels. I feel like it's a good way to be be like, this is who I am. Check it out. This is how I talk. This is how I walk. This is how I laugh. And that's that authenticity is really important for me. 
it's it's really important for me to show up in all way in person on social and writing authentically as who I am. And like we talked about before, in a way that you're not shrinking, shrinking yourself in a way that you can let yourself shine as bright as you possibly can. Yeah, I mean, for example, I'm sure many people have read that book, um, Alter Ego, and I read it and I get it. And there's a place for it. I'm always going to be strongest when I'm showing up as my real self. So yes, there there's always improvements for communication for how you how you talk or whatever. But if I'm so worried about communicating in a way that X person is going to really hear me, then yeah. I'm not I'm not delivering my best self. So I would rather show up authentically and have my people choose me and know that I'm going to do a great job for them and have the people that don't choose me kind of have them not choose me because of who I really am versus yes. have them not choose me because I'm, they can see through that I'm trying to be some different kind of way. That means I lose them. But, but the people that are losing, that you're losing, they're the people that might not want the person that's obsessed. And you are obsessed. You are obsessed oh, yeah. with real estate. You are obsessed with our industry. You're obsessed about coming up getting up every single day and putting your best foot forward. And I love that you deliver that on all of your social channels and the people in your office every day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're not excited about what we're doing, if you're not actually interested in reading the articles, like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, you're looking at pretty houses. Yeah, judging their decor. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's okay to do sometimes if it's a nice house, but it's really important when you get into this this industry to understand that it's more than just caravans and luncheons. Well, and I think you have to care about each each individual client. And I think that with houses, it's similar with wedding dresses, with parties. Like I have a broad appreciation, right? Like I can I can have an appreciation for a gorgeous new construction million dollar home. I can also have this appreciation for this small little two bedroom bungalow that needs some update. Like I see the kind of value and all of that. And I think that is true for people. So I have clients right now looking to move here because they're going to have another a grandbaby and they want a place to be here. Like that's so important to me that I am going to go out of my way. I'm going to send letters to their favorite condo association and I'm going to call those people and I'm going to, because that's important, just as important as my first time home buyers who are trying to buy a multifamily to start building their investment portfolio because they want to make financial changes in their life. Like they're totally different and equally as important to me. And they deserve my problem solving and my work to create the solutions for each of their situation. Oh, that's so well said. So well said, my friend. Thanks. Um, as we start to wrap up today's episode, what is one piece of advice that you would give to kind of help empower the next generation of real estate agents? I would say the biggest thing is to find what works for you. There are a hundred different ways to do this job well. So you need to really think about what your superpower is, what your strengths and what you enjoy every day, and then build your business around that. So if you love social media, then build your 
primary lead pillar around social media. If you love your community, build your primary lead pillar around community events. If you love networking, whatever the thing is, be authentic and be true to you. There are hundreds of millions of thousands of big numbers that I can't say in this world looking for properties and your people will find you only if you own who you are and show up as that person every day. Um, And that's what I would say. Super, super, super great advice. And if some of the followers today want to connect with you, where can they find you? Oh, that's awesome. So if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram as Jess L. Preventure. And then you can check out my website too. We just rebranded the whole website. It's prohomesnh.com and all my other social channels are linked there as well. I would definitely go and check out her Instagram handle. Jess, I will put the links in the description below, but she won like, best social media for the whole state of New Hampshire this well, year. I was like number 30 something out of 50, but no, no, no. I think it was definitely top five. <laughs> Just keep crushing it, girl. Just keep crushing it. Thank you. And thank you for having me, Sarah. I am so grateful that you came into my life when you did. I'm grateful that you did too. And I just hope that we can find more time now that things for both of us are a little less crazy. Hopefully share some more time together. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, friend. Thanks, everyone. 